Hi, this is Charlie Goodchild and Andrew Goodall, and you're listening to the Health Space Podcast. This is the podcast where we dive deep into health-related questions and topical issues relevant to us all. The world of health and medicine is messy, full of contrasting opinions and misleading advice. We will challenge the myths and common misconceptions by exploring the evidence, speaking to leading experts along the way. We are physiotherapists, have been friends since university and share the same belief that everyone deserves the opportunity to access high quality, up-to-date health information. When it comes to health, we believe that better never ends. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome back, listeners. Before this episode starts, we'd just like to add one caveat. We do reference Christmas quite a lot during the episode, mainly because we recorded it a few days after Christmas. This was planned initially to be one of the earlier releases, but after some discussion, we thought actually we'll do a whole season on exercise. So after apologising to Alex that we'd probably be releasing it a few months after we recorded it, um, we're delighted to finally get the opportunity to release this episode all about running with Alex Quinn. Here we go. Right, so here we are. We've got uh, another episode of the Health Space podcast with me, Charlie Goodchild, and Andy Goodall is with me as well. How are you doing today, Andy? Yeah, really good. Just coming off the back of a COVID Christmas. Looking forward to getting this podcast kicking off. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what our guest has got to say today. Yeah, so our guest is Alex Quinn. So we both know Alex. Uh, I work with Alex at Pure Sports Medicine, as do you, but he works specifically at the clinic I'm at, so I, I see him pretty much every day. Uh, he's a great guy. He's uh, an expert runner. Um, I learn I learn from him all the time, actually. I'm always getting free coaching from him in clinic, so it'd be good to hear what his thoughts are today. Um, so our main topic really is about, he's a big one really for 2020. So 2020 has seen a lot of people have to change the way they exercise. We've not been able to go to gyms or go to classes quite often, so a lot of people have turned to running, understandably. So that means there's a lot of beginner runners out there. Um, beginner runners do have a higher injury risk generally. So we, we all know that injury is a barrier to exercise. I'm hoping that Alex will help break down some of those barriers to for beginner runners and make sure that they can keep up running and, and be confident to run. So yeah, welcome to the show, Alex. If you could tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I would say to start off with running's probably been in my life now for a lot longer than it hasn't been. I started running for Milton Keynes Athletics Club when I was nine years old and ran for them all the way through to 18 when I went to uni. And actually, that's probably where my initial kind of experience of physio came from. Picked up a few injuries when I was 16, 17, 18 and saw our club physio. So a great guy called Jackson Ryan. And I was so impressed with what he could do with kind of you go to him with a very specific problem and he just seemed to be a fountain of knowledge and be able to both help you manage your injury but also help you manage the kind of mental burden of not being able to run and that's where my interest in physio came from went off to uni did my physio degree um actually didn't run very much at uni there wasn't an athletics club at my university and as you guys know other things can take over at uni got my first job as a physio in the nhs as most people do and then slowly running came back into my life both and in, both initially as getting back into my running myself just running for myself at that point, never went back to a club. And then as I went more down the private road of physio, seeing a lot more running clients. And it was really there where I started to really get 
interested in both the management of running injuries, the prevention of running injuries, but also just the the psyche of the runner and coaching the runner and um, finding that they're a really interesting group of people, myself included, that can be a bit obsessive compulsive and running can go from being something you just want to dip your toe into to quite quickly being the big a big part of your life very quickly. So yeah, over the last five years, I've really started to dig deeper into my running coaching qualifications um, and I'm currently going through those of England Athletics. I coach at my local athletics club once a week with an under 13 group. Still run a lot myself. Still have a huge interest in treating and preventing running injuries. Yeah, and I think you've just you've just got your 5K PB again, haven't you? Is that right, recently? Yeah, I did. I think the coaching side's helped me with that. I've uh, finally dipped under... 18 minutes which was actually my lockdown challenge to myself at the beginning of March when everyone kind of their life got turned upside down a little bit a lot of people turned to running and I kind of thought I'd be a bit more focused on mine and um, yeah took myself back to the basics of working on the fundamentals of running speed particularly um, having spent a few years working at the marathon distance and then um, yeah found it a tough tough thing to do running a solo 5k all out is a very difficult thing to do um but yeah managed to just dip under 18 minutes a few weeks ago and now kind of thinking about what to set myself as a challenge for early 2021 really so that's amazing alex i can barely eat my christmas dinner in 18 minutes let alone run a 5k so um that's pretty impressive you raised some really nice points and i guess um coming off the back of that how, you know, in 2020, we've seen lots of people run to kind of keep fit. Is running effective? Is is it an effective way of getting fit? I think yes, but I think it's a very specific way of getting fit. Running will give you specific running fitness, if that makes sense. It's a it's a cardiovascular sport or cardiovascular based sport, and so if you do a lot of running, you'll get on the whole better at running. But it won't necessarily lend itself to the demands of say a change of direction team sport um it might give you an endurance base but it won't necessarily um give you all the different parameters of strength and fitness that you need to play football or or tennis or basketball or something like that and it won't necessarily help you in the gym lift heavier weights in fact it, it definitely won't get, help you in the gym lift heavier weights so it's a very specific endurance based activity um for most and can give you a really nice elevation in that specific aspect of your fitness levels um but I definitely feel, and if you if you if you're looking into 2021 and going back to what you used to do before lockdown, you need to make sure you've got a, quite a big variety in the type of fitness work you do. Yeah, I can vouch for the opposite of that as well. So, as someone who is very new to running, or at least reasonably new to running, two years now. Um, prior to that, I played team sport, football, or rugby my entire life, and um, having that background certainly did not make me a good runner in any way. Maybe I had some base strength, but my cardiovascular fitness was pretty poor for, for running. So it just shows that specificity is really important. So being fit for rugby as it was two years ago certainly didn't make me fit for running. And like, like you're saying, being fit as a runner doesn't make you fit for team sports. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, my, I often get examples of that. I'll occasionally turn out for a friend of mine's football team and um, I do a lot of running. I do very little preparation for change of direction sports. And if I play that last time I played, I did actually strain my groin and every time prior to that, it takes me about four weeks to recover um, just because everything hurts in places that I just don't use as a runner. basically. So what about losing weight then? 
a lot of people after Christmas and generally, even after lockdown, generally people are putting on a bit of weight where they can't exercise quite so much. Is running a good way to lose weight? I think that it's a classic physio, it depends answer to that question. I think if you look at the essential need for weight loss, it's a calorie deficit, isn't it? So, um, and I'm certainly not a nutrition expert, but I think we all understand that to lose weight, you need to have some sort of calorie deficit in your day, week, or however, you, however you're measuring it. Um, running will certainly burn a large number of calories. It, it, uh, endurance running does, does have a high calorific demand. So in that respect, it could easily help you create a calorie deficit. Um, I guess the caveat to that or the, the offset to that is that you also need to ensure you fuel for your running and you also need to ensure you fuel your recovery, especially if you're running regularly and you're running large volumes. And so if you are trying to create a calorie deficit through your running and, and therefore consistently pitting, sitting in a, a state of low energy availability because you're in calorie deficit, you'll lose weight, but you also run the risk of not recovering from your training. And therefore you slightly increase your risk of, or you will increase your risk of picking up potentially some sort of running related injury. So I think yes, but you've got to really think about how you go about using running to lose weight and make sure that you perhaps, for example, on the days you're running, you do fuel for those run days, but you'll obviously have a larger calorie use over the week and you can maybe drop those calories down on the days you're not training. Okay. So we know running can help an aspect of fitness. And it could be used as part of a rounded weight loss program. How do we use running? Let's say we want to achieve the goal of losing some weight or we want to improve our cardiovascular fitness. How do we use running appropriately? How should we approach that? Yeah, I think you've got to just sit and plan it initially. You've got to sit and think, okay, over my week, what are my, my goals? So let's say your goals, like I said, I want to get a bit fitter and I want to say shed half a stone that I've put on over Christmas. Well, the fitness side, I think, comes relatively easy. If you're, if, you're, if you're sensible and you can't have a plan that's appropriate for your current level of fitness, your, your current type of training, and we can talk about that in, in a moment, I'm sure, and work out that, say, for example, you're going to run two or three days of the week. And then you're also thinking, okay, well, I'd like to lose some weight and I, I don't want to be running and carrying this extra weight for too long. You might say, okay, well, my training days are going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday, for example, or Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And on those days, I'm just going to make sure that I, I match my calorie, calorie intake to my calorie output so that I'm putting enough fuel into my body. And if you consistently run two or three days a week and you gradually build up one aspect of your type of running, whether that's volume or intensity, you'll slowly get fitter. You can then use your other days to give yourself more rounded plans. You might strength train a couple of times a week. And then you may, may use a couple of days where you think on these days, I'm going to have a calorie deficit because I know that I'm not going to be exerting myself on these days. I'm just going to be sat in the office or I'm just going to be sat at, in the home office working. So I can, I can happily have a three, 400 calorie deficit on those days. And that might be how you slowly attain the weight loss you're trying to get, but you're not under fueling your training um, would be probably the way I'd, I'd look to plan it for someone. So that's, that's, that's a really good point, actually. So if you are looking to lose weight, the, it shouldn't just be a, a blanket cut calories. Actually, you're thinking about really targeting those days where you don't need the calories quite so much. So your non-running days, your recovery days, perhaps. Um, yeah, and I would say I take that from um, Mark Bubbs, who we're all lucky to work with as well. And both listening to him talk in some of our 
some of our team training sessions and reading his book. Um, he very much talks about almost periodizing your nutrition in the same way we might periodize our training. So we have certain days where we know we're going to not do a great in terms of great deal in terms of physical exertion. So we don't need to eat as much on those days as we might do on the days where I'm going to go out for an hour run or do a 45 minute gym session. So yeah, exactly that. Just thinking about your week and breaking it down. So you're not eating the same amount day in, day out. You're very much tailoring it to what you plan on doing on those individual days. Yeah. So Mark Bubbs is a nutritionist. He works at Pure Sports Medicine with us as well, as well as some other jobs he has uh, out in sport. Um, also has a book called Peak, which I haven't read yet actually, but um, it's definitely on my to read list. Uh, so yeah, he, he's, he's great for, for information on nutrition. Um, the, the other part that, that you were mentioning was one variable at a time. So what we're saying really is rather than trying to get faster and run further, we're just thinking about the one variable at a time, especially for a beginner runner. Is that Yeah, that especially saying? for the beginner runner. I think if you're, if you're new into running, probably the three easiest variables that you can tweak when you're, when you're building your training plan is your intensity, essentially how hard you try and run in any given session, your, your volume, um, which you can which is essentially either your distance or your time on your feet. And I definitely think measuring, initially measuring just in minutes is the, is the way to go rather than miles. People will often focus on covering a, a certain distance in any given run. And I find that that often puts a lot of pressure, um, internal pressure on yourself. We often get a bit competitive with ourselves to cover that distance. So focusing on just doing, going out and running for a certain amount of time is, is much better, um, in my opinion, or your frequency, how many times a week you train. Now, if you try and manipulate all those variables at the same time and you try and run faster, more often and for longer, there's just a good chance your body's not going to cope with that sudden increase in physical load. And you're more likely to have some sort of issue in either in terms of an injury or just fatigue levels or just not coping with the amount of training that you're doing. So I'll always recommend you just focus on that one variable at a time almost what I'll say to my, my clients is think of it like that childhood science experiment in school. If you want to see how your body adapts to something, if you can keep as many variables static and just change one, you can then really measure how well your body is coping with that and how you're adapting. And then after a period of time of working on that variable, you might then be happy with say running for up to a maximum of 40 minutes. And then you might say in that 40 minutes, I'm going to try and do some some elements of running a bit faster and a bit harder and you focus for a period of time on your intensity or your speed. You raised a nice point there. Um, and I think I certainly got lost in, on this a little bit when I first started was changing periods of that run rather than always changing the whole run. And I guess what I mean there is, and I, I think this links nicely with your distance over time uh, point, you know, for instance, if you say I'm going to go and run 5k, it's easy to kind of set your run a fast 5k every time almost or try to run a fast 5k every time. Rather than if you're going to run for 40 minutes, you might pick the middle part of that 40 minutes to do fast because actually how far you cover in that period of time is probably going to change almost every time you run the 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think we're very competitive human beings and we will be competitive with each other and we'll be competitive with ourselves. So if you're always running 5k, and you're measuring that on your watch, even if you haven't got any, any of like the Stravas or the Garmin, even just measuring it purely for time, we'll often want to go out and run that 5K faster and faster and faster, like you said. And it just means that you're constantly 
almost hanging yourself out to dry each session. It's taking you a long time to recover because you're really pushing yourself. Whereas if you say, I'm going to run 40 minutes, and in the middle of that 40 minutes, I'm going to do two six-minute efforts where I'm going to try and run at a seven out of 10 effort. Um, or if you're using heart rate monitor on your watch, I'm going to try and run for six minutes in zone four or something like that. You can really nicely then over time monitor your fitness progression because if you've kept your heart rate the same, but you're running an extra 200 meters in that six minutes, you know that your, your fitness is progressing and you're slowly getting more efficient and faster. And then you could have every now and then come back and time trial yourself over 5K just to see what that's adding up to in terms of having a measure, an overall measure of your fitness or your, your running fitness anyway. Yeah, I think it's just about deciding how you, it's again that periodization thing, isn't it? How you periodize the intensity into your, your training to, so that your body can adapt and so that you're not pushing your body too hard, allowing recovery. Yeah, I think that all seems really sensible. You mentioned something there as well about Strava and competitiveness. I mean, we're all in the Strava age and we're all checking out everyone's times or, or even just our own times. Is this a good thing? Is this motivating? Is it distracting? Are there, what, what are the positives and negatives around that? Yeah, I think it's exactly, I think it's got positives and negatives. I love, I, I both love and hate Strava. Sometimes I love it, mainly when I'm getting segments or becoming local legends of a route or something like that. Everyone loves that little bit of feedback. Or if you get in from a run and you see that you did a segment faster than you've ever done it or anything like that, I think, I think that whole online community element of it is good, especially if you always run on your own. That's probably your best way of getting some sort of online community. Um, so I think that's positive. I also think it's really positive from a um, training diary perspective. I, I encourage every runner I work with, whether they're a patient or a running client, to keep a training diary. And you can either do that old-fashioned way, pen and paper, or you could do that with something like Strava because you can add notes to all your workouts on Strava. And the reason I encourage people to keep a, a training diary is just one way of monitoring your internal load, which it really simply is basically how well your body's coping with your training. Probably the easiest way of thinking of it. So if you're seeing that every Monday you do a 20 minute easy run and then suddenly you notice that you're writing down that you're finding that 20 minute run harder and harder and harder, even though you're not necessarily going any faster, that may be your body's way of telling you that it's not quite coping with your training at the moment and it's time for an easy week or a bit of a recovery week or something along those lines. So I think training diary, social aspect, monitoring your progress, Strava is excellent. Probably the con side of it or is that it does make us naturally competitive um, and naturally compare to each other. And I don't think runners should compare to anyone else. That's the beauty of running in my mind. You're only ever trying to be a better version of yourself. But if you see that so-and-so that you that you work with or so-and-so that you uh, train with in your club is running harder and faster, it's very easy to push yourself to try and keep up. And again, that might not fit with where your current training focus should be um, so it's very easy to fall into a slight training error there so I think that side of things is potentially one of the negatives I think it can also make us a little bit almost obsessive compulsive with monitoring the data and there's some really interesting perspectives uh, not perspective um, cross-sectional study came out this year that showed that that runners that become a little bit obsessive with uh, or too passionate about their running where it starts to not be in harmony with the rest of their life are more likely to pick up injuries and take longer to recover from injuries so you just got to keep an eye that you're not becoming too obsessed with everything around your running the data getting fast comparing yourself to others 
Um, it's a very easy kind of trap to fall into. And I think one easy way to do that is just to occasionally take a step back from things like you put your Strava on private or put your Garmin on private and just train for yourself for a period of time, just so you're not constantly in that comparative kind of cycle with you, you and your buddies. I wonder if a way of that is, is uh, once you've set yourself a goal and achieved it, that's your time to then sort of regroup, take yourself away from it rather than yeah, just consistently goal, 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 goal is, um, yeah, just taking that time to then reset. Yeah, it's a good, good, good idea. We've spoke um, a few times about having this rounded routine and strength has popped up a few times. Uh, I wondered, you know, should we as runners be integrating strength into our routine? Yes, this is one where I, I don't, I wouldn't use it. It depends. I absolutely think that runners should integrate strength. Um, but really interestingly, not probably for what people would think from a physio point of view, we don't have the research that tells us that strength training reduces um, injuries in runners. We have it in almost every other sport and there's really good systematic review a while back that showed that strength training reduced um, overuse injuries by around two thirds, um, but they didn't have any runners in that study and that study hasn't been done in runners as yet that I'm aware of. So we can extrapolate that information into runners and make an assumption. And I would say anecdotally and also personally, if strength training um, reduces running related injuries, but what it certainly does, and we do have loads of research shows, is it improves your, your running economy, how efficient you are as a runner, um, quite significantly. You can improve your running economy by 3 to 5%, which might not sound like much, but if you're, say, for example, a 20-minute 5K runner, that's a full minute off your time, which trying to get that through training is, is very, very difficult if you're just doing running. So it will do that. It also tends to improve the perceived exertion of running as well people who do strength training find it find it easier to maintain their pace for longer um, in running events so i think there's a performance benefit and there's almost almost certainly an injury prevention benefit we just don't quite have the research to say that as a as a, as a fact at this moment in time yeah as a, as a physio that's the one that i will always um bring up with patients is i believe that there's the the injury injury risk reduction but i'm i know i'm not sure that they'll be as bothered about that until i start saying oh and by the way you're going to get faster and then suddenly they, they get interested um so i think you're just trying to get that give that carrot so they can engage with strength training especially if they've never done it before the uh, the improvements they can make then are, are quite big within six, yeah, and six often, to 12 weeks yeah and they're often quite worried about incorporating it both from a time perspective kind of where do i fit it um and then also from various other things I've heard is that they're worried that they'll be too sore to run. Um, and they'll also potentially get bigger and heavier, which will slow them down. But if you're, if you're doing a lot of running, strength training doesn't make you any bigger. You've got too much interference from your running to allow you to hypertrophy effectively. Can you tell us what that means? So, yeah, effectively your body will respond uh, in, in its biggest way to your biggest stimulus. So if you're doing a lot of running, say running four or five hours a week, even, even one to two hours a week, and you're doing two 20-minute strength sessions, the bigger stimulus is the, is the endurance and the cardiovascular side. So your, your body will then struggle to complete the processes needed for hypertrophy and bigger muscles. So you'll get stronger, but you won't necessarily get any bigger, or you won't get any bigger. And even if you did get a tiny bit bigger it would probably be beneficial for most runners because 
most runners are a little bit thin on the muscle bulk side of things as well, basically. You're talking yeah, about yourself. All, I am talking, I'm looking down at my do legs, some. I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> we can all do some more lean mass. Yes, exactly. What, what do we mean by strength training? Because I think this is something that it's worth runners uh, worth people understanding what we mean when we say strength training do we mean lift a weight a few times do we mean lift a weight a lot of times do we mean a big weight do we mean like you know just let's quantify just slightly what we mean by strength training yeah i mean what's i mean strength is your ability to produce a force so everything you described there could be a form of strength training if you're lifting heavy weights for a few reps versus lifting light weights for lots of reps versus lifting light weights quickly or versus jumping they're all different types of strength the research for runners would say that actually it goes against what most people do most people think of running as that endurance so they think strength endurance so they'll go to the gym or at home and they'll or do their work at home and they'll do low weight high reps um, and they might be doing like three sets of 20 of squats or lunges and three sets of 20 of some calf raises. But actually the research suggests that as long as you can do it well and safely, and I do think you have to take that into account, um, doing heavy weights, lower rep ranges. So for example, you might do five sets of five of your, of your split squat of your squat is going to be more beneficial. And I think the biggest two reasons for that is you don't need the volume. You're, of three or four sets of 20 is really not going to provide much of a different stimulation to going out and doing um, like six, 400s at your local track. It's, 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 a, it's a similar volume based training. And also with volume often comes longer recovery times. And if you're trying to fit it in, in the week, doing higher weights, lower reps should benefit you more once your body adapts and gets used to it. And that's the other thing you do need time. A lot of the research measures people over six to 20 weeks. You've got to invest in that strength training and stick at it for a, a, a good period of time to really start to reap the benefits of it. So one of the ways I like to explain it to patients is that running is your endurance training already. You don't need, then need to do more endurance training in the gym. Actually, you want to try and work on another quality of strength, which often will be increasing your maximum strength, which allows you to then improve your running efficiency because each time each stride you're making is at a lower threshold compared to your maximum strength is that is that a fair summary based on your understanding as well alex yeah absolutely and i think the only other thing i'd throw into that is is power you could you could also argue working on power but i think for the beginner runner i think that's another thing that could, that can probably wait a little bit of time i think you can work on your work on building up your running base as such first and getting some consistency with your training definitely work on your strength alongside that your max strength and then power is another facet that you could visit a little bit further down the line so set some reps for what would you say set some reps should be then for um a runner so i try to keep and it's, it's all individual but i try to keep rep ranges in that four to eight rep range and the more the more experienced they are as a, as a weight trainer they might be more down in even um three to five rep range and anything from three to six sets really and not a huge number of exercises they might only work on four to six key exercises in a workout so it's a kind of 30 to 40 minute session at most so that it doesn't take too much out of your week twice a week once a week 
couple of times a week if you depend on how many times you're running yeah. and depending on where you are over the year so again for the beginner runner a couple of times a week they're probably only running three maximum four times a week you might then have a runner who is starting to really try and tune up for a race like a half marathon 10k 5k and then we might just look at maintaining strength with once a week session so i don't think it has to be the same all year round I think you can be doing periods of time where you're focused more on strength and periods of time where you're focused more on your running. Uh, let's move on to something I know that you um, prescribe a lot of, actually, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this, running drills. So first of all, can you tell us what they are and then why do you prescribe them for your clients? Yeah, yeah. running drills are effectively a way of you working on aspects of your running, particularly of your running technique. So when you look at your running and your efficiency, there is no perfect way to run. We all have our individual differences, but there are, there are themes that will make someone a more efficient runner versus a less efficient runner. So for example, that might include working top down, that might include upper body trunk position, that might include arm swing, whether you've got a good fluid arm swing versus an arm swing that goes back and forward across your body and throws you from side to side. That might include where your foot strikes the ground in relation to your body, whether it's out in front or underneath your knee or more underneath your center of mass, how you recover your leg, which is when, you're, when you've pushed off the ground, how you get that leg back ground and ready to go again, So and lots more. So there's lots of elements, and it doesn't need to be too complicated. You should initially just run in a way that feels relaxed and smooth for you. But over time, improving your technique can certainly improve your efficiency and economy. So running drills work on those. So classic ones you might see are high knee drills, heel tuck drills, arm drive drills. And I will often get people to use them in the week, especially before sessions where they're going to run a bit faster. Because to run fast goes hand in hand with having reasonably good technique. So and improving, for example, your arm drive will improve your balance or improving how quickly you get your heel from leaving the ground to back under your hips and back out in front of you will certainly improve your your cadence and how quick you move across the ground. So working on those drills before you run means you get a natural little bit of feed forward from the drill into the run. Where should someone go to learn a bit more about that? Cause I feel like that's a big, big topic and perhaps even beyond the scope of beginner runners, as you said, but where, where might someone go if they want to learn a bit more about running drills? Yeah, well, I think there's a few places and I don't think it's beyond, actually, I think the beginner runner, it, it, it could be really important for like, I work with under 13 athletes at Basildon and we spend 10, 15, 20 minutes every session as part of their warm up doing drills. They don't do a lot in that time. We just focus on maybe one or two drills and we really give them some teaching points for it. And I think when you're a beginner runner, it's very easy, especially if you haven't run for a while. Say you're in your early 30s or early 40s, you haven't run for a while. Often our run can look a lot like an exaggerated fast shuffling walk. And I think getting those knees up and getting those, those heels underneath your, over, underneath your bum when you run is really good start to try and think about at least early so where to go well there's quite a few runners on on social media that will post nice drills about it i've got a few posts the welsh runner often does a few nice posts another one of the guys manny does some nice posts on warm-up drills england athletics or um uk athletics have or british athletics have some really nice videos on their website and they also have an app called athletics 365 which is um you have to pay, I think you have to pay a little bit for you get it free if you join a running club, which has some really nice um, examples on drills and the basic teaching points on how to how to begin with them, basically. OK, so I've got strength training. I've got running, 
I've got running drills. What, what I'm interested to know is we're talking about having lots of different elements in your run if you want to be better at running and try to avoid injury. Does having all of those things in make the biggest difference? Or as you mentioned before, is it this plan? Is it, you know, time? Like how do I how do I go about constructing my routine as a beginner runner trying to incorporate all of these elements or do i just focus on a few things like how do i because there's lots we've spoke about lots of things yeah and we can you certainly if you're listening to this you could so far be thinking this sounds very complicated for a beginner runner so i guess um to simplify it i would say initially it's just about establishing a routine um and and routine that works for you. If you know you've got loads of time, you could try and take all of those things on at the beginning. If you know that you're only gonna have a couple of hours a week, maybe three 30 minute sessions a week, you might say, okay, well, all I'm gonna do initially is just try and establish a routine of getting out the door twice for, for two sessions of, of running or walk run sessions, depending on where you wanna start, um, and one session a week of strength work. And I would say, just let your body get used to the new stresses and strains that you're going to put on it initially um, because we know that it takes a while for the human body to adapt and it adapts different parts of the body adapt at different paces so your your cardiovascular system will improve quickly when you start running you'll get very quick improvements in your cardiovascular system other parts of your body your muscles your bones your tendons they're going to lag behind a little bit so you can see improvements in your cardiovascular fitness in within a week or two your muscles may be within a few weeks to a few months and your bones and tendons probably from a few few months up to even a year or two. So you've got to take your time. So the probably the initial bit of advice I would just say is start slow, be patient and just establish a routine of doing similar things week in, week out and let your body get used to that for a period of time. And then you might, for example, add in drills and then you might say, okay, I'm going to add in one extra run and try and have three runs, one strength and a drill session. But to begin with, you could just say two runs in a strength session. I can fit that in and I can do it consistently and I'll just start there, basically. I think you touched on a really good point there. And um, it's element of excitement. You know, you, you start running and you feel fitter fairly quickly you feel like you can go faster further so you start doing that but you're you're right there's other structures in our body that take time to adapt and that's they're the types of people we see a lot of in clinic people that have overloaded their tendons because their tendons take longer to adapt than their cardiovascular system uh, and, and it's inevitable it's human nature we've we, as as humans we're all here having done the same to ourselves as well um so yeah it's a really good point that our body is slower to adapt in certain places and and that's where it's really really quite tough at times to stay patient yeah for sure i think it's um i think we've all, i mean i've been there you guys have probably been there um it's very easy just to over uh, overcook yourself a little bit too too early um and just um the thing with also with running and cardiovascular is we'll often recover in large elements of it, like the new the the, the central nervous system and nervous system fatigue you get from running dissipates quite quickly. So you do feel like you can do a lot and go again and go again and go again. And often the odd little niggle will just ignore. And then we may just get to that point where we have just tipped ourselves over the edge a little bit too easy. It's easily done. Um, it's very easy just to feel like you can do a bit more and not realize your body's not quite adapting to it as quickly as you'd like it to. Okay, nice. So we're saying 
give yourself time be be consistent essentially and try to make it or have a plan off of that can everyone follow the same plan so we spoke a little bit about sort of specifics but i know that the reason i raised this um although i think we spoke a bit about consistent uh, a bit about if different parts is i see lots of runners following you know the couch 5k for it for example or these kind of more generalized plans these generalized programs and it's worth us touching on on this and whether we think that's that's useful for everyone so so can everyone follow a, a sort of general plan i think everyone could follow the skeleton of a general plan so the couch 5k is a great example it's um a lot of people have heard of it but some people unless you've done it you maybe haven't heard of it so it's a nine week plan um and although it's called couch to 5k it's to build you up from being a non-runner to running for 30 minutes and you may or may not cover 5k in, in that distance and it's a good plan it's progressive but it is a one-size-fits-all plan and some people will cope with that really well and, and 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 thrive on it and some people it may actually be too easy for them and some people it may be a little bit too intense for them um so i think there's nothing wrong with starting with a plan you've downloaded online or that someone's recommended to you or that you found on one of your apps nothing wrong with that at all but i think you've got to monitor your body and and be honest with yourself about how you're coping with it and and don't feel ashamed or embarrassed say you know actually i've picked a plan that's a bit too much for me and i'll maybe just i'll take some elements out of it or seek a bit of help and advice from a more experienced runner or a coach or a a good friend you know who's, who's got a lot more experience than you and just make tweaks and changes to it to make it uh, a bit more individualized to you as you as as you evolve and you see how you're how you're responding to whatever plan you've decided to follow so when should a runner reach out for help so if they're they're doing all, all the things that you have advised they've they're being sensible with what they do they're being consistent uh and, and i guess there's a few different factors here that perhaps they've got a niggle they can't shake or they're not progressing in the way they thought they would progress at what point uh, in that situation should they reach out yeah i think if you could break those you could break that into two things if, if you if you take injury out of it for a moment i think you can reach out for help at any point from a performance point of view i think actually getting a bit of advice early is probably better than waiting until you've reached a, a real plateau in your training almost everyone if you're a beginner runner or a new runner you'll see really good progress for perhaps six to 12 months just by doing almost the same thing week in week out because your body will find whatever you're doing a good new stimulus so you'll respond to it over a nice period of time but then if you're not really sure how to progress your training you'll naturally that curve will start to level off and you'll and you'll 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 start to plateau and in some cases you might actually start to feel like you're declining in terms of your performance because you are perhaps just overreaching a little bit of your training so I think getting some advice early in that respect is good, even if it is just from going to your local running club or a local social running group and speaking to other runners. And there's nothing wrong with learning from experience and almost learning a little bit from things going a bit wrong um, in that respect. On the injury side of things, I think, again, we have to accept that with, with training, it's physical exercise some pain, some discomfort, some aches, they are completely normal. Um, and almost all runners will report aches and pains and niggles. And I think I have a few kind of flags that I raise when, I, when I'm kind of telling people when to ignore, ignore, ignore it, but when to accept that it's part of their training and when to maybe seek help. And I think 
if you've got pain or discomfort or niggles that are consistently there from run to run, consistently in the same place, um, not improving or, or worse, getting a bit more problematic, and that take a long time to settle after you've run, so they're still hanging around into the next day or the day after, then I think definitely go and seek help, go and get, go and see someone. If you've got a mild ache that comes and goes, and sometimes it's a little bit of an achy hip muscle, and sometimes a little bit of an achy calf muscle, and it comes and goes, don't ignore those things, but I don't think you have to rush off and get medical help. I think you just have a look at your, your training and your recovery and make sure you feel you're getting that balance right. So I think... Um... You know, we're all physios, so we, we see a lot of these types of situations in clinic, and generally we're fairly comfortable dealing with those. But I know from when I'm in clinic, if someone starts to really ask me questions about running specifics, I will tell them to come see you, for example. Uh, how, would, how should someone reach out for help? Uh, is there, how could they reach out to you, for example, or are there other people that you recommend uh, elsewhere? What's the best way for them to do that? Personally, I'm at Pure Sports Medicine alongside you guys. Um, we've got a lot of great physios, osteopaths, sports med doctors who you can certainly um, see face-to-face -face or online these days as the world's evolved over the last nine months. I think wherever you are in the country or the world, I think making sure that you do see someone who has some experience with working with runners, I think is important, but they don't necessarily have to be a runner themselves, but they need to be confident and competent in running related injuries and certainly have an understanding of the sport and the training demands. And that's how I think I think helps. There's lots of good online stuff. I've mentioned Manny already. There's a physio in on the South coast of England called Tom Goom, who's got a fantastic website. What's the website? Uh, he is the running physio.com. Um, I think he's the running physio on Insta and Twitter as well. Yeah, I guess other than that, it's, it's looking at, and again, asking, um, for recommendations or looking for word of mouth recommendations in your local running groups, always useful, but I would just be always have your why hat on when you go and see any physio or any medical professional is always the advice I give it. If you go and see someone and they can't explain to you the why of your injury, rather than just what's going on, this is how we're going to treat it, understanding why it's happened in the first place and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen again, I think is vital. And if you don't feel like you can get those answers from whoever you see, I would always just be slightly wary of um, of continuing to see said person. Yeah, healthy level of scepticism, I think, is 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 fine in all situations like that. Um, so, if they if our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? So, I'm um, at Quinn Physio on Insta, or I am Alex Quinn Physio on Facebook. I don't know why I don't have the same handle on both. I just haven't got around to changing it. Or you can contact me via Pure Sports Medicine um, if you're in London or wanted to come to a clinic in around central London. And I've also um, recently started working over the over the bridge from where I live in Kent as well, um, which is at Acer House Practice as well. So a few, few locations. I've got uh, three counties covered now. So plenty of plenty of accessibility hopefully we ask this to all of our guests it's just our final question it's more just a little bit of a recommendation so we've, we've given tons of information do you have any sort of favorite books or podcasts about running or any kind of other resources you you like doesn't have to be running um but just anything else that's kind of tweaked your fancy recently i'm still pouring my way through law of running by tim noak which is an old book but i would say it's probably the running bible at the moment it's a thousand pages of very small print type. So if you do get it, give yourself some time. 
I really like Run Faster, which is by Brad Hudson, which is um, if you're just looking to get some nice, some nice standard um, training plans to start with, like we mentioned, just to kind of start point. But the whole book is about individualizing that plan to yourself, which is why I like it. So he, lots of chapters about how you might tweak the plan based on how you're reacting to it. So he has a very much a, he calls it an adaptable training plan, basically. So you start with a skeleton, but you change it as you go. Chris Napier's book on the science of running is very good as a nice overview. I think that's good. I've mentioned Tom Goom's website, The Running Physio. Um, online and on Instagram, really like um, at Manio, Manuel Vola, we work with. Um, his Everything he puts out online is excellent. And he's, uh, works with, he's on the Nike Running app as well. So that's a useful thing to know that you've got a physio putting together coaching plans. Um, and then the Irish physio and the strength physio are both on... Um, no, the Irish physio and the runner physio even are both on Instagram. They're excellent. And then podcast wise, there's lots out there. There's some really good running ones, but um, marathon talk and strength running are probably my two favorites just because marathon talks really good for, they have a nice mixture of people, experts that come on and talk about training and athletes that come on and talk about their experiences, which I really like strength running similar as well. But as the title suggests, they also have a nice element in there around strength training for runners as well. Excellent. Thanks very much, Alex. Thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, that was really good, really good information for beginner runners. So hopefully we can break down some of those barriers and allow more people to confidently get out there and, and run without worrying or without, without overthinking. Um, yeah, so lots to, lots to digest there. Thanks very much. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I thought that went very well. I mean, Alex, um, I know Alex well, and I thought he would live up to, to those expectations. And yeah, I was really, I thought that he, he gave some really good nuggets of information for beginner runners. Um, yeah, what, what did you think? I really enjoyed listening to him talk about the sort of sort of skeleton framework and, and biding your time, uh, building consistency, using a plan and then sort of bringing aspects in as you can you know there was a lot of talk about sort of doing what you can at, at the right time and you know not pressurizing yourself not kind of almost overreaching by stressing yourself out with all these elements you know kind of create a plan a skeleton plan and then work off it i think that's really usable for most people yeah yeah i think the basics were there but also some ideas to then grow with things like the periodized nutrition the the elements of strength training the drills there's there's all that the, all those options to just keep growing as an athlete and keep building up from there uh, but yeah starting off with that that framework makes sense doesn't it and i think the the most important part there was was consistency is keep consistent and don't don't try and be too ambitious at the start just allow your body the time to adapt to lower your risk of injury i think it makes Definitely. a lot of sense and loads of great resources as well. You know, he, we know Alex is very generous with, with his knowledge base, his skill, but I really enjoyed the fact that he had lots of suggestions for, you know, where else you can look, you know, other podcasts and books and instas and clinics and all these other things that I think runners need that, you, you know, um, it's quite a, it's a solo sort of can be quite lonely type um, exercise sport if, if if you make it that way especially you know during lockdown and whatnot and and during sort of everything that's going on uh, this year so having all these other places you can access look at join you know uh, strava groups all these other bits that he mentioned i think that's it's really pertinent right now for how people can 
kind of not feel so alone whilst exercising. Yeah, I think there was a couple of uh, nice myth busts in there as well. There's the the fact that runners tend to avoid strength training because they worry about building up muscle bulk. That's definitely not something that that happens very easily for runners. So that was a really good one to raise, and also also the nice one around strength training that. I mean, this is a classic that strength trainers feel like they need to replicate the endurance style training in the strength training. So, yeah, having that great conversation about um, strength training being in those lower rep ranges at heavier weights was was nice. I think probably one thing to add on to that is that it shouldn't just be a lightweight for those rep ranges. It's it's got to be a heavyweight. The, the intensity of that that rep range should be pretty high. Um, one way that I would generally explain that is is using reps in reserve. So at the end of each set, you should have between two maybe maybe for a less experience four four reps in reserve at the end if you've got much more than that your intensity is going to be too low to create those the stimulus for the adaptation so yeah just one final point i just thought of really is making sure that if you're going to be in those rep ranges it should be pretty intense for for the reps that you do definitely and there was there was one point i wrote down which i'm i think it was too big a point to really go into in this particular podcast but something i hope we, we will cover at some point is is the mental aspect of injury and alex alex brought that up and and i think that's that's a huge it's a huge topic to go into and 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 i didn't flag it so much in this this episode i just felt it was just we'd, we'd go down a rabbit hole but certainly a discussion for another time um because we know the burden of of injury is high especially for sort of solo based uh, sports and any sport, I suppose, in, in general. Yeah, I suppose so many people at the moment as well using running as a way of maintaining their mental health or optimizing mental health. So if injury comes in and, and then you don't have an outlet for that, for the stresses in your life, then it, it, the burden is huge, like you said. Yeah, interesting one we'll try and try and raise in a future episode for sure. Perfect. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to the next one, which we will announce soon. And Thanks to Alex basically today and we'll post some nuggets, some sound bites. We'll link to his Insta um, on our page. Uh, if you need, want to access him or contact him or see his uh, resources, then you can do. Yeah. And I'm off to work my way through Christmas leftovers because uh, as, as was inevitable, I bought way too much food for, for what is essentially two and a half people at home at the moment, two adults, one child, one newborn. So yeah, I'm sure you're thinking along the same lines. Yeah, that Yule log has got my name on it. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe and give us a five-star rating. We'll keep bringing you the gold. Follow us on Instagram at the.healthspace and for any questions or ideas for future content, email us at thehealthspace.co at gmail.com.